emotions so high they got you elevated. Everybody, this is Ryan from One Republic. Just hit Highland FM 101.5. Our listeners love our station so much that they listen even while sleeping. I listen to them all the time, even in my sleep. Is that weird? It makes me feel energized. When it's all been said and done, the village square is where we all belong. It is where our voices are heard. One village, many voices. From the stables of Tech and Peace Desk comes the Village Square Radio Meeting, supported by Church in Action Netherlands. Village Square, local issues with global perspectives. Join us on Highland 101.5 FM Jaws every Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. Let's meet at the Village Square. Hello, good morning, and welcome to another Tuesday of unbiased discussion, conversation as you may. This is Village Square, your results-oriented and solution-driven program, a program where we talk local issues with global perspective. Village Square is brought to you by Tech and Peace Desk and supported by Church in Action Netherlands. I am Gloria Pad, the village headmistress. And supported by the sidelines is John Rett. Today we are going to continue from our conversation from last week, which is community advocacy for development. And doing justice to that is somebody, an eloquent, elegant, very efficient at what he does, a community developer, um, and interestingly, the initiator of Village Square, 
no other person than Kabiru Sabo. You're welcome, sir. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Madam Village Headmistress. Um, your description is actually not the truth. I'm not that eloquent. You are. And uh, in fact, if it comes to elegance, I'm not even close to that. Right now, I'm wearing um feather jeans shirt and uh, one pair of boots that came from 1922 okay so my villagers will decide that for themselves <laughs> yes, i'm actually well, a villager yeah welcome you are today you're going to be our global villager thank you for having so me so how does the weather feel how do you feel to be in the studio this morning to all glory and thanks to god almighty for making us see another bright new day it's in fact um a thing of joy for me to be here. This is the second time I'm I'm in the studio with yeah, you, and yeah. f- and the um the first time was our premiere edition, yeah, the and edition. yes, and uh, right now as it is, um, we've grown in leaps and bounds, and I'm very very happy with the program. Yeah, and then you know you're the creator, so you know how it feels to see what you bettered growing. Actually, actually, and uh, Madam Headmistress, you've done a lot, and you've uh, actually increased our our thinking and uh, the way we do things and um, you know uh, we've all become global uh, global villagers because the thinking behind the program is that yes while we are we all have our, our commonalities and um, we're from um, particularly maybe from Nigeria but again I want to link up to best practices that are global and I'm very happy with the way the program is going yeah so Thumbs up to... To you, actually. To us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Yes. We're glad to have you as our Global Villager today. Thank you very and much. And I'm very sure today's program will be very, very interesting. You don't want to miss this program today. So we're starting off from where we stopped last week. We shall be talking of community advocates for development. Now, community advocates are those individuals that have an interest in the development and redevelopment of a community. The local community advocates are residents living in the community. That's to say they stay in the community so they know what needs to be done, how to go about it and all of that. And then they are concerned about the welfare of the community. Now, these individuals are not only concerned that their communities are having one challenge or the other, but they are active. They want to mediate. They look for um, opportunities to mitigate these issues and as a matter of fact people call them activists now they know the problems and the areas and they have good understanding of their community now today we shall look at the importance what re, what do we when we say community development what are we talking about how do we get our communities to be developed how do we move from the stage we are not just waiting waiting and waiting and waiting so this today would form the basis of our conversation or discussion today let's just take a quick breather when we come back we'll set the ball rolling stay tuned when it's all been said and done, the village square is where we all belong. It is where our voices are heard. One village, many voices. From the stables of Tech and Peace Desk comes the Village Square Radio Meeting, supported by Church in Action Netherlands. Village Square, local issues with global perspectives. Join us on Highland 101.5 FM Jaws every Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. Let's meet at the Village Square. Welcome back from that breather. I earlier said 
We'll be having our conversation today with no other person than Kabiru Sabo. I would be referring to him as Mr. KB, uh, Sabo or Kabiru, anyone as, as the spirit leads, if I may say. Yeah. So just feel free to join our conversation or be part of this program through our uh, social media feedback handles that's at Tekan Peace Dex for Facebook and then you can tweet at us at Tekan Peace Dex. So Tekan Peace Dex, Facebook at Tekan Peace Dex, Twitter. Mr. Kabiru, you're welcome back. Thank you. And thank you. I'm glad to have you yeah. on the show today. So before we start, let's get this clear. What is community development? Okay. Thank you very much. Um so that it isn't like a um it, it's not a technical exercise or one of those academic exercises uh, simply put uh, community development is a process where uh, community members are supported by agencies okay. um, whether state or non-state um, actors or agencies to identify and of course take collective action on issues which are important to them now there are certain keywords that i would want us to to look at um, first, the issue is process. It isn't just one-off. When you see something is a process, it has to yeah, there are different steps, and then there are different strategies and methodologies that you use. Mm -hmm. Strategies could be just um, uh, ways of doing things. Methodologies can also be ways of doing things. So it's it's not big grammar. It is just something simple where community members are supported. First and foremost, again, you look at the fact that there are community members in themselves and then they are supported. Supported, uh, support here means um, in Hausa, it could be atelafama okay. mutani, to aid, to support would be also to help. And so there's the possibility that these community members might have resources amongst them, within them, residing with them as individuals or even natural resources or whatever, but they are unaware. Yes, so there's that level of maybe there's that um, people are not aware, they don't know that, okay, we have the capacity, the strength, the ability. And so at that level, um, people come in and then support them. It could be external. It could be external. And here you have agencies. So the agencies could be external. They could be state um, state or non-state actors or agencies or whatever it is. These agencies could be um, statutory bodies, um, commissions, uh, legally um, established organizations that come in. Or then they could be non-governmental and non-profit like ours. Okay. And then another component would be to identify. You have to list out certain gaps or, or, or felt needs. You're looking at gaps, you're looking at needs of those communities and community members. And so you have to identify. So there's an identification process that must go on. You must say that um, most times um, you, you find out that uh, for, for individuals, you could wake up and say that I'm, I'm getting 100,000 and what do I do with it? So you, you have maybe a list of, of items that you want to get. So you prioritize so the identification comes with prioritizing and most times when you go to communities you find out that some would say we want hospitals maybe and then you would see the people that would want hospitals might fall in the category or in the demographic that's um in in a certain 
population that are actually maybe women and children. Mm-hmm. You might say we require hospitals or uh, primary health centers. While men would ordinarily say we want farm improvements and we want roads, we want... Uh, some would even go, young people would even say uh, football pitches and all of that, football, um, playing grounds and all of that. So you want to identify and then take collective action. Now, this is something very important again because collectivism is something that you don't want to marginalize any group. You want to show that, yes, much as you're a minority, um, um, your your needs and your, your, your concerns are also taken into. And so you aggregate all of this and then you push forward. Now, um, community development has a focus on redistribution of power. Power not in the sense of uh, of not in the sense of political power here, but in in terms of resources. You are looking at um, who gets what, and when we say who gets what, we are not looking at uh, appointments to boards of. Of, of, of parastatals or one of those big, big uh, corporations. No, we're looking at small resources at community level. Where is the well cited? Where is the borehole cited? Where is the hospital cited? Where are roads built? Linking which community and which community? And so those are the kind of things to address causes of inequality. Because um, the whole issue is that community development, where, where, whether you come out and you say that we want to make... Um, Community A look like Berlin, and it, there isn't any fair distribution of 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 resources. It negates whatever it, it is you are doing. Do you understand? Like yes. yes. What I'm trying to say is that um, to uh, for you, you need to address causes of inequality. That's the basis of any intervention or any form of community development that you are doing. Inequality, in the sense that people who were thought who um, who are the less privileged? The um, the less privileged. Those people that are are, are the weakest, yeah. the poorest of the poor, the weakest of the weakest. Now, for instance, if I'm, I'm building a road for uh, and I I decide to put a center median, um, this thing in the center of a highway, yes. and I make it two feet high, do you think a an eighteen year old? No, I said eighteen. Eighteen month old baby can get across. A, a sixteen, a sixty five year old woman will find it hard I to start. So, yes. Yeah, so those are some of the and issues. Those on using wheelchairs. Yes. No. So you want to make it the whole entire process community of community development that of redistributing uh, resources, power, and then of course making inequality and then taking out all the disadvantages. So you 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 began to touch on what uh, some of the questions I want to ask. Now, when we are talking about community development and we're looking at activists or those who advocate, whose sole responsibility is it to begin to push for this development, required development or desired development in the community? Do people, is it the uh, uh, responsibility of the government? Is it the responsibility of a certain or a particular group, the people, whose responsibility is it? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, there are two terms again that you used, and I need to quickly uh, disambiguate. That's a big term that I'm even finding very difficult to call. I need to, like, un- okay, get it clear out just let me, uh, so that our listener can understand what an advocate or somebody who carries out advocacy and then who an activist is. There's actually a thin line, and of course, advocacy is 
largely standing in the gap and standing on behalf of someone or a group or, or an issue. And then, of course, educating and informing. Now, most times we usually use advocacy in, in a kind of, in a, in a format that isn't too um, correct. I'll come to your question, actually. But I just need to set this basis. Yes. Um, when we talk about advocacy, most times maybe in activities on, for us that are in the uh, development sector, we usually write our activity plans or work plans and all of that. And we say that um, uh, carry out an advocacy meeting or visit or something. No, you carry out courtesy calls, but advocacy is a process. And so for people who are advocates, they know that it's not just one off. It isn't just something that I, I go to meet the, my council chairman or my ward uh, representative and it's done. No, it's a continuous process that you need to keep going and until you get until you achieve that uh, set objective or goal that you intend to achieve. And of course, activism is more or less on a... It's, there's a thin line because activism usually con, uh, connotes uh, a lot of energy and then you are out there picketing or... or, or, or um, what's this other word again? Um, uh, doing uh, rallies and campaigns and all of that. While uh, advocacy seeks to educate, the most fundamental component of advocacy is that it's part of education. Um, if you're going to carry out any form of advocacy, you want to get all your research done, your data, um, you want to do your needs assessment, what the community needs. Now, to your question, you said that who actually has... Well, advocacy is, is for everyone. Okay. Yes, advocacy is for everyone. Um, but then there are people who are driven by by certain needs and certain concerns in their communities and they take it upon themselves to say, okay, um, I, I need to educate this group of people so that there will be this behavioral change or there will be this um, this particular police policy that will be drawn out. And of course, government can carry advocacy. Advocacy can be done in, in, in a two-way approach. Um, I usually like to refer to it as a cross-approach. There's the horizontal, which is um, to your peers or um, to, to, you, to people at the same level. That's on your horizontal. You want to talk to, uh, for instance, I want to talk to my colleague. I want to talk to um, members of communities or people that are in the same age bracket with me to change certain uh, perceptions or phobia or behaviors or any kind of, of thinking that I want. And then there is the vertical. The vertical can be upward, it can be downward. The upward can be, uh, yes, community members or from the lower level uh, advocating to governments to say that we want these policies drawn up we want these certain actions taken on markets we want toilets provided we want uh, fire stations we want uh, um, hospitals in our markets and all of that and then it could also be from top down and it could be from government doing it to community members hey clean your drainages mm. uh, no put uh, fire anyhow because bushfires can cause this kind of things and you know those kind of enlightenments and so it's a two-way approach so it isn't just one okay. yes it's so it's, it's can either be the role of the government or the role of the people yes now let's go down to the grassroots yes let's say a community is in their need of 
good roads or water. Let's talk about water yeah. because we've spoken about water and then it seemed to be a cause of concern for some communities. Now, how do we get community members to begin to push for water in their communities? How do we go about that? Well, first and foremost, they have to know, that, you know, uh, I, this is this is actually a very tricky question. Madam Headmistress, you are you on for me. <laughs> now, this is it. Uh, okay, we're just talking about how to get the community members to contribute to development. Yes, first and foremost, some people don't even know that there's a problem. Yes. So you, um, some people, they are comfortable with it. I mean, carrying yellow jerry can around, no be wahala for them. Until you see such, until somebody knows that, until somebody knows that, look, I can have it better. But if you've grown up and you know that, okay, while I was in, I don't want to call any local, um, any community so that not to disparage the, yeah. the community. But if I grew up somewhere and I had to trek maybe a kilometer to get water and I come into just and I can walk for five minutes and get water, water it doesn't, it, yeah. yes. So again, there has been that critical uh, well, fill your gaps. A gap that has been give that came up from the late nineties up until now that people aren't even aware. Now, so first and foremost, I think where you want where the approach should come from would be to create awareness that hey, you can get some of these things at ease, and it takes um, it takes us as faith based organizations and um, and. Uh, non-governmental organizations and um, civil society organizations and all of that and then of course it takes religious institutions to let people know that hey you can actually have all of these amenities or all of these uh, structures or whatever it is you want at your fingertip but until such a time people cannot do what they are not aware of you know, people don't, if, if I know that, if, for me, just fetching water from a well is normal. But for somebody, and that brings us to our global perspective, for somebody who has grown up in the, who in fact in his entire life knows that I can always open the tap and I'll get water from. It's, it, it becomes something if there's two hours of um, interrupted if water is interrupted for two hours. So, of course, there's, there's been that gap, but then we need to conscientize people to let them know that, look, um, life could be better. Life is indeed better. But it's just that we've had feelings on, on, on well, the part of individuals who've been called to lead, well, not lead, well, maybe to, I, I, I want to be politically correct here. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let's leave that at that. Yes. Well, so now we're looking at community development. Yeah. Now we, we're in a generation or we in a dispensation of um, we have multicultural, multi-religious, multi-ethnicity and all of that. Now we're, let's talk about interest. Now, what, what, what do I stand to gain? That's the mentality of someone who who feels I can just drive past. I don't care if the road is fixed or not. I don't bother if there's water or not. I don't care if there's light or not. I have a generator that I can own and then maybe power my fridge and all of that. Now, the issue of interest come into play. How do we how do we curtail that? How do we because we cannot entirely 
erase that from the minds of people now we are talking of developing this community and then everybody or no, let, let, let's not generalize it but somebody is saying what do i stand to gain yes now, the issue of interest yes can you tell us something about interest here wow that is one basic human uh instinct i think it's um there's another big word for it arbitrage yeah. and what what do i stand to gain what's in it for me and um clearly um, nations that have moved ahead have always put self-interest at the back. It has always been community interest. It has always been the group interest. Um, you cannot move forward. You see, what what is happening in Nigeria right now is just because of what you just highlighted. Self-interest. What's in it for me? If I tie this route to this community, what do I stand to benefit? It doesn't... And of course... Um, on the basis of such thinking or such um, rash, rationalization, you end up doing things that are not profitable. Yeah. And you look at uh, countries that have advanced, and of course we're talking about a village square, which is a global, um, where a global village. You find out that people do things not on the basis of, um, or on the basis of faith or or region or wherever I come from or whatever it is I believe in. They, um, what they've done is that they've actually looked at communities on the basis of resources. Okay, um, let's better the resources in this area and then we can get more. Uh, it's called uh, beneficiation. It's something that you add value. You are adding value to one thing or the other. Uh, you, uh, for communities, say, for instance, that grow granite, what do we do there? We we try to put a factory there, yes, but even if we put a factory there, there are no roads that will take out the finished product. So what do we do? Roads. Uh, after the roads, what happens? Uh, you know, so there's... Uh, and so at the end of the day, you find out that there's concerted effort at developing communities in such a way that they have their comparative strengths and, they, and at the end of the day... Um, people benefit from all of this you talk about there's a valley in in italy there's one they call it the motor valley also and about nine car manufacturers are in that valley and you need to see but then again the interesting thing is that the, the people in that in that in that community in italy yeah. um ride on scooters but they make some of the most expensive cars in the world and then other than that I'm just saying, because of the, the concept, the way they think there. But then the per capita income in that place is one of the highest in the world because everybody earns from from one byproduct or the other from of manufacturing cars. Mm -hmm. Yes, so you can Google it. I think it's the Moto Valley somewhere. And, you know, so those are the things that you look at. Communities that have comparative advantages and say, okay, um, this community produces Irish potatoes. Okay, although... The name isn't Irish potatoes, but for us here, yeah, we call them Irish potatoes. Yeah, so it's potatoes. <laughs> if you say that anywhere around the world and some somebody will say Irish, no, the Irish didn't have yeah. those potatoes. But then for us here, yeah, we call them Irish, Irish potatoes. potatoes. You develop something like um, a chips manufacturing company. Is it chips? Yeah. Uh, potato chips. Yeah. There's this thing that uh, university students like. Yeah, no, chips. Uh, no, uh, in the packet, in a... Pringles or something. Okay, yeah, Pringles. Yes. Yeah, that's the funky five. Yeah, so yeah. so you can have you can have some of those things located there. But then you know, at the end of the day, there are ancillary things that come to them. Okay, mm. truckers or truck stations or truck stops and all of those things. And there's a connection. 
but for us we like coming back to your issue about, about interest we say eh, eh, i'm not from there so what what do i have to do it's just it might just take a policy that might just bring investment into those areas uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be agriculture it could be anything a for instance in local there's a time making um there's a there's a tile manufacturer that i think it's an india company okay. why is it situated in Lokoja? because they have rocks okay. yes and uh, it's just um it's in ajakuta it's just before you get to the bridge that's um i've forgotten the name of the place mm-hmm. but it's just there and it's all the tiles we get all the tiles you use on your in your kitchens and everything is from that place and you need to go there and see the kind of activity the kind of financial activity that is coming to those cities but then again if only government would focus on such areas and say okay let's start the road because going to that place the road is terrible um and that's ajakuta just after ajakuta to the bridge um i've forgotten the name of the bridge crossing over to igala land also yeah okay yeah. so now as as um a development worker yeah. i think you begin to push because we have rocks here too absolutely yeah, absolutely so yeah i want to start making moves or also have um we were talking with you about those tabletops that come from nasara uh, granite. granite yes yeah. yes so you do that for us and plateau state we, we, we owe it all to you thank you so much for that <laughs> thank you so now, much. our program is getting interesting let's take a short breather when we come back then we'll continue When it's all being said and done, the village square is where we all belong. It is where our voices are heard. One village, village, many voices. From the stables of Taken Peace Desk comes the Village Square radio meeting supported by Church in Action, Netherlands. Village Square, local issues with global perspective. Join us on Highland 101.5 FM Jaws every Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. Let's meet at the Village Square. Welcome back from that short break. We are still talking community advocacy for development with Mr. Kabiru Savo, who is the program manager of Tech and Peace Decks, and it's been very wonderful while we talk here in the studio. We are going to open our uh, phone lines now, and the number to call us is 08100 Let's take that again, 08100 so, Mr. KB, yes. now there's this African proverb that says, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel the warmth. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I think it has to, it has to do with um, the fact that if you disregard something, it will turn back and, you know, uh, it will turn back to hurt you. Yes, so, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that we fail to do in terms of community development that really comes back and hurts us maybe 30 years from when when we failed to do it. Um, maybe that road that would have just constructed and it would have opened up one community and then some people would have had access to some form of resource. Yeah. And um, we decided on the basis of interest that you mentioned, yeah. on the basis of what do I stand to gain? So what do I stand to gain? And um, we just, 
we we decide to do away with it or on the basis of politics we say that ah he didn't vote for us in the last election so why should we even do that this community didn't do that and then we find out that people who would have had the opportunity to to add value maybe in the future would turn around and and do and be become our problem mm-hmm. and it might not necessarily be it might not necessarily be individuals it might just be the entire place it might be the resource there that might become a conflict issue and um, we've had instances where um, people who are conservationists um, like our friend our dear friend mr dan who is now yes, a doctor, doctor. yes um, who is now a doctor dr dan actually said um, who is a conversation uh, conser- conservationist and is very passionate about what is happening in in um pandam f- f- yes Pandam game reserve, game reserve. Yeah. yes and you know there there are times that i'm sure in the last 30 years or so and there would have been actions that government would have taken to preserve that place and for now it has become a source of worry and recently on another platform i heard uh, somebody talking about the goings on there and you know those are some of the issues that we should actually look at holistically um it doesn't take too much Uh, people who have the responsibility uh, and have been given that power in small in small offices. When I say small offices, I mean ministries, departments, or agencies that oversee these things should actually own the process, and that is it. And of course, what you want to do again is go to these communities and galvanize people, mm-hmm. and talk to people, ask mm-hmm. them what is it that you want. You know, there's this way we usually do a ranking for community members, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure you, you know about ranking, uh, yeah. yes that. Um, uh, you put a hole, you put a needle or, or a cup and depending yeah. on what you want to depict yeah. and you say people should stand behind what these things are yeah. and then on the basis of that you prioritize yeah. you say okay since there are more community members behind the cup which is which stands for water, water. we will dig a borehole and so again you want to ask them where do you want to site this project because community ownership is is virtually everything that will sustain the program if and or the project or whatever it is that you are giving mm-hmm. at the end of the day you might come in with a larger than life attitude and say hey we have all the resources money money and then you go and cite it where they don't want it they will, at the end of the day they will leave it for you okay you made mention of some okay let's pick this call Hello. Hello. Radio Mama. Good morning. Good morning, Ma. It's uh, Radio Mama. I don't know. Calling from Rancia. Very interesting. Your guest is uh, very fluent and he's, uh, I mean, I'm enjoying all his submissions. Yes. But uh, my worry is this. I think our problem is the electoral process mm. and the mindset of the electorate. You see, when we, when we now vote in wrong people, yeah, we have this problem. Because if not, the level of advocacy we have in Nigeria... Uh, so that is not so the committees are now, you know, overburdened with this, uh, you know, you know, stress. 
of uh, chasing after uh, what is supposed to be their right. Hmm. If you go abroad, I was surprised when I went abroad. What I was, I kept on asking my host. I said, why is it that I can't? I don't see uh, the governor of a particular state that was in Ohio. And I, why is there? Why are they not commissioned? They started laughing at me. I said, you think you are in Nigeria? But that thing is, is a basic thing. They say yes. it's their right. Yeah. They don't have to come and commission it, you know, mm. and all that. Mm. Yes, I just pray we have a Nigeria that we get to that stage where these things are done and we don't have to be running around. The one we'll do just, we'll just be well, for, you know, uh, for all righteousness and mm. not the stress. Now you, 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 your place is developed according to how you voted. From, say, 5% vote. Because of 5% vote, you mm. get 5% uh, uh, development. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of nonsense. I just, I just pray we get there sometimes from this. Let's not give up on this country. Mm. Amen. Thank, thank you so much, Rijo Mama. Very passionate today. Yes. So. And um, I'm very happy that she shared her experience uh, coming from Ohio. And, um, you know, it, it tells us that th there are things, there are best practices, global best practices, of course, and that we want to share. And for, for people who've had the privilege of traveling, you understand that some of these things... It's not uh, some of these things is not rocket science like they see, and um, you begin to wonder how things work seamlessly mm -hmm. without gaps. You are wondering, okay, so why why is it so difficult for us to get it here? And uh, I'm very happy with with what she actually said. I think she traced the root cause of all of this. You know, when we do all of our analysis, we want to get to the roots to see. Mm -hmm. And well, it might not be a root. It might be one of the root causes. Yes, our electoral process, and of course, um, how people get into political office and all of that. But again, there's a burden on community members um, when you realize that, look, these things are not going to work. I mean, this, the, these people are not going to help us out. There's something called self-help. And the self-help isn't basically anything other than what we've been doing. Uh, you were, you, we were discussing with you, Madam Headmistress, and you said uh, something like, Asusu or some other yeah. people call it Asusu or cooperatives or thrifts. Yeah. Yes, and how people raise large amounts of money and of course the, the, the finance businesses. Mm. Something can be done in that sense. Of course, um, for communities, you can do that and do little, little, little projects and call people's attention. Again, there's an agency that is on its own and I, I think maybe we need to, um, it's a government agency and um, I, I have had some interactions with them not on a uh, on a peer-to-peer -peer kind of basis but on on an individual basis and i think maybe we need to have them which is uh, csdp which is the community and social development okay. program yes uh, so i'm thinking maybe they would help us because i know they work extensively and with communities because communities identify sorry quickly let me just say that communities identify and their their needs and of course they go and meet them they come up with they come up with um financing that is to say i think about 10 percent of what the entire project some so it could be it could be roads it could be rural roads it could be electrification it could be water it could be whatever and then you go and submit and then they run their own okay whatever and yeah. yes. so you i think it's like you had a mirror you just extract through, through my mind uh, and you saw what i wanted to ask mm. i actually wanted to ask how mm. do or how can a community um own the process of development 
without necessarily waiting for agencies and um, government and all these other bodies oh. yeah but y- y- i think oh, you, okay you yes so but then, uh, okay sorry okay. about that but then so, again i'm looking at yes like i said um yes they they should have a small body and then move on but again we can't shirk we can't move we can't leave the government to say that government does not have a responsibility to to the masses or to people in communities no um people should be uh, government should be held accountable yeah. Yes, government should be held accountable and they should be transparent in all they are doing. So um, while communities need to maybe take that first step and then start something, but government should also be able to support and to enhance whatever community members are doing in their communities. Okay, so one last quick question. Um, do we have examples of projects that a community can embark on? Do we have time for that actually? Because I can see that they're signaling, and I think I I really want to run away from this question. <laughs> okay. You 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 yeah. remind me of this person. Uh, what's his name? That with the guy that does uh, hard talk. I mean, this I'm not going to answer <laughs> no, this. Can I, can I can I can I can I take Fine, it? Pass? It's okay. It's <laughs> right. Okay. So thank your you. quick quick words, your parting words. To All right. My uh, listener, the villagers. Uh, All right. Thank you. Um, for our global villagers, please let's always think about what we need to do and then quickly also help us um, ourselves in the in the event that we see that government is slow on this we can help ourselves by just talking to each other and then you know just galvanizing ourselves and doing one of the two things in our communities yeah thank you so much for that yeah. uh it's been an interesting conversation with mr K- kabiru sabo but unfortunately, we're running short of time. Uh, I promise to come back next week with another interesting package. I hope you have been informed, you have been enlightened, you have also been better educated. Now, the program has been Village Square brought to you by Tech and Peace Desk and supported by Church in Action Netherlands. With much gratitude to all of you who took our time to listen. And Mr. Kabiru, taking our time from your busy schedule just to be here. Thank you so much. My Thank pleasure. you very much for creating such a wonderful program. It's building lives. Um, we get we get feedbacks. Thank you very much. Well, on behalf of the executive producer, Helen Philemon Hagai, the initiator, Kabiru Sabo, the producer, Rhett John Rhett, associate producer, Joseph Ojedeji, the entire production crew, staff of Tech and Peace Desk. I am Gloria Pa saying goodbye, stay safe, and have a blessed day. When it's all being said and done, the village square is where we all belong. It is where our voices are heard. One village, One village many voices. Many from the stables of Taken Peace Desk comes the Village Square Radio Meeting supported by Church in Action.